and welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. Tonight we're covering um, Fear or Die Part 2, Who is God to You? So, um, Jason, did you want to pick us back up with that? Because I know we talked about last week how when the devil tries to instill fear in you, depending on who God is to you, it's how you're going to react and how much confidence you have in God. Yeah, and I'll I start off with a, um, a book I'm reading that um, I got this out of, and I, it actually goes right with what you just said. So. It says, the goodness of God is no argument against the punishment of sin, but the very reverse of this, his goodness, is the reason why sin should be punished and will be. Men say that God is too good to punish sin and may profess to hold that his goodness explodes doctrine of future punishment. But really, not one of these men is ever afraid that God would be unjust, yet they yet they fear him. And the thing that they at heart fear is that he is good and too good to let sin pass unpunished. They are afraid he is good and so good that he cannot fail to punish him sin. So I was reading this book and this week after that, and that came to me and I was like, so their take on it was that they didn't fear God for, a, a, a of course, a scary God. They feared God because he was too good. He was too good. So they couldn't sin. Right. That's it was too good. He was too good of a God. For them to sin as in fear of I don't want to hurt God. Right. That's where their their fear of God, like, oh no, I can't do this. He is just way too good for this. Right. That goes back to that reverential fear we were speaking of last week. Um basically fear of the Lord should not be a crippling fear where you are afraid of his wrath, but where you do not want to hurt, harm, or disappoint. Um, because of the love that he gives to you. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that pretty much speaks to all of that. That's amazing. Yeah. And, um, one more thing I just, I just, I'm going to quote this book real quick because by the way, y'all, it's a great book. <laughs> what book is it? It's the <clears throat> fire that once was, and it's about the 50 most influential revivalists. We might need to go over that one in, yeah. in Patreon. It, it's yes, it's great, by the way. Um, and so it goes, it wasn't long before fear of before the uh, fear of the Lord fell upon those who dared to touch his anointed. It, it, this was a meeting that, um, by the way, sorry about that, I uh, but it, it was a meeting, meeting that, um, it was Charles Finney, um, was having, and at one meeting at Universalist, stood up and began to berate Finney and his teachings on and on he went spewing his blas blasphemy and curses upon the evangelists and the congregation the people immediately fell into deep tra travailing and prayer and after a short while the man left this was happening during his service this guy was just irate didn't like it didn't want it the holy spirit remained on the congregation for hours afterward as they wept with the grieving of the spirit the next morning it was found the man died in his sleep there was a man in Evans Mills who was not only an infidel, but also a great railer against the Bible. 
he was a very angry at the revival movement. Every day he would be seen railing and and blaspheming the meetings, refusing to attend them. One morning after the evening of the constantly trying to disrupt the revivals, he fell off of the chair at breakfast. A, visit, a physician immediately was called. The doctor told him he could live only a very short time. And if he had anything to say, he'd better say it once. The man had just enough strength to stammer out, don't let Finney pray over my corpse. That was the last of the opposition to face Finney in that area. This guy, Charles Finney, he was a, I mean, a, a revivalist like nothing. <clears throat> what I took out of this was, okay, like we were talking last week, God didn't kill these people. He was revolting against them in his church, blaspheming God, okay? So from my take on that is <clears throat> any protection that he would have had from that or anything from this, it was gone. Mm -hmm. So the that things that happened to him, he opened himself up for. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I I read that directly. I'd say it was two days after our last podcast, and I was like, "That's that's that's in a nutshell." He had a chance to open himself up right there. He had a chance to receive Christ in that meeting. He was there. Yeah. And everyone was falling on their face praying, but this guy denied him. I think the key that we need to take away from the topic last week and this week is. Fear is a truth from God, but it is a lie from the devil. And what I mean by that, there's two parts to that. You can only believe one. You can only believe that fear is a truth from God or that is a lie from the devil or uh, choose choose a side. So um, whatever side that you take, like you can either fear as in be afraid of things. And that's from the devil. It's a lie. But if you give into that or agree with it, that's when you start making mistakes. That's when you start agreeing with, you know, the enemy to be sick or be um, given to bad circumstances. And, and maybe you think God can't change those things or you can't change those things because God's given, you know, the believers, his Holy Spirit and the power to do things. But once you start believing to be afraid of things or you think something bad's going to happen or, I mean, it's, it's okay to prepare for things. That's just wise. Like I need water in the basement. If I think a bad storm's coming or something like that. But, um, some people just live in fear. They think they're going to die or their kids are going to die or something bad. They're going to lose their job, right? Or, yeah. you know, or oh, I'm going to die in my sleep. I'm scared to go to sleep or, you know, whatever. But when you start believing in the fear of the truth of God, that, that truth is, I should trust God. I should have that respect for God. And I should also hate evil. That is a truth from God. Those are things that we should be doing. So when you start making mistakes and being scared of everything, you can't let your mistakes define who God is or how good he is. Amen. You can't yeah. do that. You can't make a mistake and then blame someone else for it. Right. Yeah. That's just, that doesn't make any sense. That's insanity. Uh, Pastor Kim was here. Uh, couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. All right. Two weeks ago. And she said something that really stuck with me talking about whether you're going to believe God or whether you're going to believe the enemy. Um, she said, your pa your posture will be agreement. Mm -hmm. You're going yeah. to agree with something. Yeah. Uh, she also said the attitude will be honor. You're going to honor one of those things because you're coming into agreement with it. So you're giving it your attention. You're agreeing with it. The motivation will be his glory. 
So you're either giving glory to God or you're giving glory to the enemy on whatever you believe. Yeah. So those things are going to happen. Um, I saw you looking up something, Christian. What were you looking up? You got me all curious. Oh, man, that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I seen this the other day uh, after we were talking. It's actually pretty long, so I was just kind of like debating on whether I was going to say it or not. I got to know, man. I was um, highlighted stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so listen, uh, there. Therefore, there is no condemnation, no guilt, no no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in Him as a personal Lord and Savior. For the law of the Spirit is life which is in Christ Jesus, the, the law of our new being has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, that is overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power <clears throat> being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit. God did, he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. And he has condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it and overcame it um, in, in the person of his own son. So that righteousness and just, yeah, so that the righteousness and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh, guided by worldliness in our sinful nature, but live our lives in ways of the spirit guided by his power. For those who are living according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh, who gratify the body, but those who are living according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit with his will and purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever and it pursues and it pursues sin but the mind of the spirit is life and peace the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with god both now and forever the minds the mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to god it does not submit itself unto god's law since it cannot and those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. However, you are not living in the flesh controlled by the sinful nature, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God lives in you, directing, directing you and guiding you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him and he is not a child of God. But Christ lives in you through your natural body um, and is dead because of sin. Your spirit is alive because of the righteousness uh, in which he provides. And if, the, and, and if the spirit in him who is raised from the dead, hold on. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So then brothers and so then brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, our human nature or worldliness or simple capacity to live according to 
the imp to live accordingly according to the impulses of the flesh are our nature without the Holy Spirit. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. You really live forever. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have, re but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, mm -hmm. the spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring that we as believers are children of God. And if we are, and if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed, if indeed we share in his suffering, so that we all so that we may also share in his glory. Amen. Man, I'm glad Dude. I called on you, man. Dude, that was, let me tell you, that's, I put you on, I put you on the spot. I apologize, yeah. but I don't apologize. Yeah, exactly. Dude, <laughs> sorry, I mean, not that sorry. said it all right there. Like I'm sitting here reading Psalms and everything that he's reading. Sorry, not sorry. It's like right here. Like it's like uh, I saw it like immediately on, after we met the other day, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this right here will just crush this whole topic. <laughs> Like, and I was like, but it's kind of long. I don't, I'm thinking like, no, I don't know if I should, but that right there, I mean, just knowing that. It, he what just, was that scripture? That was um, Romans 8, right? Yeah, yeah Romans it, 8, yeah. 1 through um, 17. 17. 50, 57? Okay. Yeah. 17. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all I got to say. What was it, 17? Yeah. There ain't no way that was 17. It's right <laughs> now in, in, and. Just to encourage any any like believers that are listening right now, um, if you ever needed confirmation, okay, that God was speaking, hook up with a bunch of people who are actually going to lift you up and encourage you in the Lord. Amen. Because the moment they do is whenever you get those Holy Spirit kicks, just like I just got as you were reading that. Because everything that we have been doing for the past two months has been confirming everything that we speak about on this podcast and are going to speak about on this podcast. Make my baby jump. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. <laughs> we're, we're, we're speaking the same things. Like, yeah. we'll say something, and the other person's like, dude, I've been on my, my mind all day long. Like, I've been thinking about that all week. I've been thinking all day. Same words. I want I want to tag this. Yeah, with tag the, it. With, tag the, it. with uh, Proverbs 19.27. It can. Don't tell me you got like that. I just don't said, tell me you got that. Like I just said. Stop listening to instructions, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. A corrupt witness mocks at justice, and the mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Penalties are prepared for mockers and beatings for the backs of fools. I want to say this: God is not a hateful God. Right. Okay. Right. He's not. But when I say you have to fear God, you have yeah. to fear God because of this. He's not hateful to the people that are obedient to him and and are doing what he asks. Yes, we we're, we're human. We're going to mess up one day, but we know what grace and mercy is. Mm -hmm. But there are people out here like I read earlier that are out 
hell bent on just stopping his word, just hell bent on destruction, on stuff like that. Those are the people that need to fear God for the angry God that he is. That part of the God that's you better fear him. If you're going against him, yeah. you better fear fear him. Well, it's that worldly position. It's it's like you're going to like oh sorry. <laughs> uh if you've never felt the presence of God, if you've never longed to be close to him, then you have no clue as to his intentions for you. You you have you're observing other people right you're you're, what happens. you're you're cautious about it exactly exactly and so it's kind of like that thing that i told you that i saw the other day between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of dark and um you know the kingdom of light is very thin because it's the closest to god it's like it's it's very simple how to get in into God's good graces, how to be with God, but it's, it's, it's so misconstrued to understand. And maybe I'm just mishearing because I was actually reading through the Bible, but like, um, state what you were stating again, Jason, just so I can make sure that I'm getting ready to about say God the right not thing. Being hateful. About, about, God. about you, you, if, if you're, if you're testing God against like, like, or going against God, you definitely need to fear him. In yes. the way that he yeah, made okay, God. Okay. That's where you okay. need to fear him. So they, uh, the, the, I mean, Jesus even said, you know, to get in the kingdom of heaven, it's like walking through the eye of a needle, like a camel going through the eye of a needle. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard, but you got to give up yourself and having fear of God, uh, in a not so reverential way, having that fear of the hammer coming, striking down on you is, I would think more of you putting yourself first and not understanding who God truly is. Yeah. Does that I make agree. sense? That makes yeah. sense. Or am I oversimplifying? No, I, I definitely uh, definitely understand where you're coming from. I think lots of, I'll, I'll put it this way. Lots of the things that we struggle with is because of pride. Pride and insecurity. Insecurity yeah. and pride are, are, they go hand in hand. If you're insecure, if you have insecurities, it's a pride issue. It may not look like a pride issue, but it is a pride issue because you're involving your mind, your thoughts, your body, whatever it is that you're insecure about. You're putting that above what God says about you, what the word says about scriptural truths. And a moment ago, we were talking about something, and, and Ty, you mentioned this about agreement. And it, this triggered something in my head because I was always taught this verse in Proverbs eighteen twenty one that says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Oh, yeah. Yes. So we're all day long talking to each other. And even though we're guys, we might not say a lot, but I think, you know, all of us here, we definitely talk a lot. Um, <laughs> what we're saying matters and what we're agreeing with matters, what we hear around us, what we submit our hearts to what we submit our minds to matters and that all goes into hand with having the fear of the lord because when you have the fear of the lord then you live your life in a different way you may be subjected to things and circumstances around you that are out of your control 
But when you have the fear of the Lord on your side, then it changes the scope of how you view it. Yes. It changes right. the effect of it. Where you may have been a sinner, now you are, now you are a sinner saved by grace. So when you deal with that sin again or that temptation or whatever it is that tries to come back up, it doesn't have the same taste anymore. Right. It doesn't have the same sting anymore. It has a, a more numbed, a more uh, dulled down effect to your heart, to your emotions, to your mind because it's not as good as it once was, because you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Yeah. And once you've had a taste of Him, once you've had a glimpse of His glory, once you've had one encounter in His presence, you're forever marked, and you can never live the same way again. I don't care who you are. I don't care what position, what title you hold, who you are to the people that are around you, if you're a dad, a mom, uh, if you're in a church or whatever. When you have the fear of the Lord, that is the most important thing in your life. And that's the thing that we all in this room strive for, I know, on a continual basis because we're so, you know, we're doing life together that we know each other. But that that is got to be your number one priority is to have that reverential fear of the Lord that says, God, like, I love you so much that you sacrifice everything. You sent heaven's best for me. You sent Jesus, your very son to die for me so that I could have relationship with you. You became my high priest. You removed all religion. You removed every bit of dogma, every bit of liturgy that had been passed on for tradition of man and all this stuff for thousands of generations. And now I get the opportunity to walk in relationship with you. I want to say one last thing and then I'll be done. I'll get off my soapbox. Um, Bring it. This is a big soapbox. <laughs> yeah, this really is. Six person soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> so tonight, uh, as I was going to, I was going to share this testimony with you guys, but I was waiting until you were able to make it because I, I figured you were going to come Christian. Um, but I didn't, I didn't share this yet. So uh, tonight, as I was getting ready to get on my way to come, here to the office to be able to record the podcast. Um, one of our neighbors, his name, um, maybe I'll, I'll leave it out, but yeah. he he's one of our neighbors and he's a guy that we have been um, kind of just doing life around and he's kind of started introducing himself to us and then we started to get to know him and then he would come over in our yard and we'd have conversations with him and then um, so on and so forth. Now he's coming to church with us and you know, it, awesome. my parents have really been having great conversations with him and been able to take in um, him and his girlfriend to dinner and stuff like that. And and like this past week, he was just at Undivided at the Wednesday night thing. And I think he's coming tomorrow, too. Great. But um, anyways, he stopped my dad because he saw my dad was getting out of the house or he had just got out of the truck, rather. And we had just got home from work. Um, we got off and he was like, Mr. Bill. And he wanted to catch him before you know we turned in for the evening and he came over and started talking to him while i was loading up the podcast equipment to come here and so we come down i come down the stairs and i see dad out there talking to this gentleman and i was like oh okay that's cool and didn't think anything of it and then i went to my car and i'm trying to load up stuff and they're right behind my car and then my dad's like hey daniel we were just talking about you and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, that's always kind of like a, an ear perking thing when you hear that. Somebody say that you're like, OK, what were you really talking about? You know, so I was kind of caught off guard and I was like, OK. And um, then he brought him around. He was like, you know, he he was asking me and he was thinking about this this morning. 
he said that he couldn't stop thinking about this morning how he's noticed that your life is on fire for God. And he was like, and you're all out talking about me specifically. Like he was addressing me personally. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like I couldn't stop thinking about it that you are going like you're working all day, you get home, then you go to church for, you know, playing on the worship team or whatever it is. And he was like, I, he was like, it's like, I had this, he didn't know what revelation was like how to say that, but he was like, it's like, this made sense to me that God had given you so much and you wanted to give it back to him in like fellowship. And he said fellowship out of his mouth. And I was like, you know, here's a, here's a man that, that doesn't know Christ in the way that I know that I know him, you know, and, and it doesn't have all the churchisms and all that stuff. Um, but he's been talking to us about wanting to be baptized and everything. But this specific moment, he was like, I recognized that there was something different in you because you were passionate about God, but it wasn't just that, you know, you're there at the church all the time. You're committed. He was like the way you worship. Like he, he just started talking about how, like he noticed that our family and our relationship with God has, has changed us. Like it's different. And when he started talking about that, he was like, I, my dad was talking to him about relationship with God. And that's what that's all about, man is about relationship with him. And he was like, and, and, and I was talking to him, I was like, man, the Bible says that every tongue shall confess and every knee will bow and everyone will know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I was like, you can either decide that now or you can decide that later when everybody gets to hear about it. I was like, but you definitely want to live in it now. And you definitely want to have heaven on earth here. You don't want to just wait to get to heaven someday. And like we had this like amazing moment. And then I was like almost crying before I got here. I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to tell the guys. Dude, that is awesome. That is awesome. And I'm looking (laughs) down and then Psalms 112 says, as I hit the mic. Uh, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delights in his commands. And then you go down just a little bit more. He will have no fear of bad news in his heart and his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And I think that's what he sees in you. He sees that steadfast, like spirit that, that yes, you do. I mean, you know, the might and the sovereignty of God, you know, what God is capable of. Um, I mean, but at the same time, it's, it's a closeness that brings you that trust in who he is, that closeness that, that knows that he has the best in store for you. It's that steadfast position close to God that he's recognizing. And that's awesome that he actually said fellowship. Yeah. Like that is such a church word. Right. And unless he's a Viking, I, I don't <laughs> think like he should be using that term like loosely. Right. Yeah. But it's, I mean, you know what? I mean, whenever you get close to God, there's revelation that happens that is like you supernaturally have wisdom that you've never had before. There's yeah. a lot of Christians. And, there's a lot of Christians that don't know what the word fellowship means. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, uh, like for a non- is he a believer? Yeah, he's a believer, he's a believer. now. He, he I now. think he had he's heard. He's so new. He's so new. Yeah. And he, he understands what that is. Yeah, yeah, he had heard the gospel when he was younger, but he has spent most of his life. Like, but it's almost like that seed opposite. planted and then lied yeah. dormant 
And then, I mean, I can say the same thing for my own life. Yeah. That seed planted, lied dormant, and then the moment someone came and poured the rain on it, it just, I mean, God just yeah. poured the rain on top of it, and it just sprouted up, and it's like, boom, okay, now here's things <laughs> that you never knew, and you know it now. Yeah. Jason's pants are on fire over here, aren't, you, aren't they? But, you know, re- realistically, though, he, you oh, no. you said when you were talking, Daniel, and you before you even went into that story, you were already defining your relationship with God already. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. You know, just in in what you were saying, you know, he went from, you know, all right, well, man, I just, you know, you got those people. Well, whatever the man upstairs is going to say. Who is God uh, to you? Uh, yeah. The man upstairs, okay, that's not really defining anything. There's yeah. not really no power behind the man upstairs. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Even though he is the man upstairs. Right. But but there is no relationship there. Like when you start tagging who God was to you, it's like, all right, so here here's the power behind who he says he is. You know, here is the even using the term, that term fellowship. I mean, yes, yeah, a churchy thing, but in the same sense, it's powerful. It's he saw you, he went to the church, he saw you. It wasn't about the people. Yeah, yeah, I got on the drums. Yeah, I'm on the praise. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, I'm on the praise team, but I don't go for people. Right. right. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's nice to hang out with you guys. It's nice to. I mean, it's nice to 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 have that fellowship. But then we get to the root. Is you know why do I go to church? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't go for the people. I don't go for the show. I don't go for none of that. I go because God's presence resides there and I want more of it and I want to be in it and I want to be in it as much as I can, when I can. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. That's fellowship. Yeah. It It is. It is in all ways because the thing is, if I meet... Being on the worship team, I can throw all of my stuff aside because if I can get you in the sheer presence of the Lord. Right. Yeah. My needs don't mean nothing because they're all taken care of because I've ushered in the presence of God. Wow. That's nuts, man. If we all had that same resolve, man. Gosh. That's so powerful. Dude, it just said What's here. it say? No, no, What's just it read it. Just, read, I mean, read just it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise old servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord name let the name of the Lord be praised, both now and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. The name of the Lord be praised. Dude, I this is just like every time we talk to each other, every time we get in a room with each other. I feel the Holy Spirit stirring so hard. Like, it's like, it's like, I just feel like this endless web, like of, of, of just the Holy Spirit, like where it's going one point to another point to another point, everything that Christian just said. And then he's sitting here and say, and I got to remember to get in the mic, but every, everything Christian said, I mean, just, it's like hitting it, you know, it's, 
You'll well, never, right here, you'll never hear me say this again. But close that Bible because he's gonna read the whole. I know, thing. dude. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, bro. It just, when the, when the, when the words, when the pages start popping out, yeah, you got to read them. I mean, that's Jason, just, Jason, Jason you, no, but what you now, what you just said, it, it res, that, that, that's where I'm going too. Because with Daniel, I already had this. This, I mean, y'all see me as soon as he said that, my face is lit up because yeah. I had this scripture already from a week ago. In my notes, I'm pulling up all the ones I highlighted for this this time. And when he said that about you know um, about you know you your your family, he said he said you, mm-hmm. but he said your family. Mm-hmm. And then it says, "Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose." Which basically goes on what y'all were just saying a little while ago. Uh, they will spend their days in prosperity, and their descendants will inherit. The land, which let's not let's just take land, you know, as as a, as a position, you will inherit what your mom and dad has had, you know, from the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Like kingdom wow. wise, not right. material wise. Uh, the Lord confides in those who fear Him. He makes His covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for mm-hmm. only He will release my feet from the snare. Which goes back to what you said. Only God can do it. You know, when you find that, when you find out, it's only God you're after. When that's only God that you need, then that's when your everything and what you said, Christian, is supplied for already. When you already have this, but it, and it goes back to that of your family. You're like that because it was instilled in you mm-hmm. from your parents that you know this is who God is. Right. So you see who God was through them. Mm-hmm. There now there could be other cho- choice. You know, there's other people out there that that follow God, but. Maybe they follow him in a sense of a different way. Maybe right. you know not the way your parents did. So you you know he sees you on fire, whereas even pastors' kids in some churches they're just not on fire. Well, they're they're seeing what they you know what I'm saying they're living off of their their dad and mom that probably aren't led by the Holy Spirit. They're just you know not all pastors are. <laughs> right. I mean that's just you know and sometimes the devil does get into the home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's what I'm saying is if if your parents you know didn't you. you do you think you would have the fire you have without your parents' guidance through that of showing you? I mean, uh, yeah, that's a two-handed question. Honestly, no, I don't think that I would be because my parents positioned me, right? They put me in a place where I could get close to God because we were always at prayer meeting. I mean, if you missed a prayer meeting, you were going to hell. Like, not really. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, not literally. They were building that dynasty right there. <laughs> but if you missed prayer meeting, man, like it was, it was a big deal. And like every time the church doors were open, and it's not that we were religious with it. It's just after years, my parents finally plugged into the right place and the right covering and the right church. So when that happened, it was like we didn't want to miss a thing. So yeah, I agree. They definitely, I definitely wouldn't be as on fire as I as I am now um, without my parents. But I definitely attest to the fact that like I don't live off of their anointing or their relationship because there was a wayward time in my life where I was addicted to pornography, where I was lustful, where I had bad relationships. I battled depression. I tried to kill myself at 14. I went through different things in my life that marked me and scarred me in different areas. But Jesus was the thread through it all that brought me back to redemption. And he was able to take all that stuff that I went through 
and showed me and revealed himself to me personally in an altar call when I was 16, that he was there in the midst of everything. And it changed my life. It marked everything from then on. Come on so now. that's why I wanted to go into ministry. And I traveled for four years and did all that stuff. And now I'm back here, but I'm still like, I, I can't, I, I've seen too much, man. I've seen too many miracles. I've seen too many blinded eyes open, too many people get out of wheelchairs, too many things to to not be like on fire, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, it's just too contagious. Train the child in a way that they should go and they won't depart from me. Well, amen. you I mean, just, amen. that you, I mean, honestly, I mean, that was a perfect answer. Like, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. when I asked you that, I didn't, I didn't even realize how I asked you that question. And for you to say that, like, there's a two-headed question. You answered that perfectly, though, because it, it you just like struck something in me and in my thoughts. Like, yeah, you know, your parents didn't make you. They formed you into that. But yes, you, you went astray, like you said. And it was your heart for God that brought you back. Yeah. And that's what, Kristen, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> no, check it, check it. <laughs> your parents... Your parents brought the fire to you, right? And as a kid, as a kid, it's contained. You know, they contain it for you. But then when you but then when you develop your own relationship, that's when it becomes uncontainable. You decide to Dang. you decide, you make that decision. We've talked about that many times, like that decision to just let it be like a wildfire. Mm. It's like all right, God, I've tasted, I've done all that thing. Like you just said, I've tasted it. But then you decide, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to let it fly. You get, you let, you put me in the fire. My my parents put me there. They showed it to me. Oh man. I got these guys over here hopping up and down. (laughs) Listen, because it is, it's, it's, I'm so ready to get the cameras It's brewing up in here right now. It's brewing up. I'm going to step off. Bro, look, you're you need to stop sitting over here right beside me because you were you were like seriously you're you're the Holy Spirit is apparently got me and you plugged in together because I had those exact words I was sitting here and it, all I can think of is like the devil knew exactly where you would be mm-hmm. the devil at an early age tried to take you out. Use everything around you to try to misguide you and throw you down a dark path. He couldn't because of that thing, that legacy thing that that like your parents said, no, 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 no. Look here. You ain't having no part in this. Our authority is well above this. Mm. We know who we serve and our son is not going to do that. And furthermore, they brought the fire to you, but it was up to you to take it and ignite it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. So now you are burning. You, you are in the furnace. The devil threw you in that furnace and said, you're going to burn up. But no, little did he know that you were going to find Jesus there. Dude. And Lloyd Buster. <laughs> now you get go. Okay. Lloyd Buster was here a couple weeks ago, or three weeks ago, I'm trying to backtrack here. And he said, because you just mentioned some things in the past, and we all have a past, and we all, and there's a lot of people right now that are dealing with false prophets and false gods. Mm-hmm. They're being led astray. They're not being given that fire. And he said, Lloyd Buster said, we need to get back to God. 
Okay, they're, that's being preached all over the nation. First love. Okay, well, well, he also said, but the right God. Yeah, mm. amen. I agree. And yeah. a lot of people are being led to these false gods. They're being, yeah. they're a God who can't do anything about COVID. Mm. And preach. And <laughs> it's going to come then, hard. And then this he time. said, and, and you, you hit on, both of y'all hit on this. Everybody's been hitting all over the place tonight. But it's called the artillery. Devil, the devil knows our potential. Yeah. The devil knows our potential. He thinks he, he knows. Yeah. Well, he don't know the full capacity, but he yeah. knows there's a, a there's a capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And Lloyd Buster followed that with your opinion. You taking that fire? Your opinion governed your expectancy of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're already gonna have an expectancy of God, depending on what you think God is capable of, and that's where. Are you serving the right God, the all-powerful God? Because who is God to you in the midst of fear? Amen. And is it is it going to be um, is it going to be the capable, depending the the capable, dependable God? Is it going to be you know our Father, or is it going to be an oppressor, mm. that false God? In Acts ten thirty eight, you see God anointing Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. So there were people under the power of the devil coming into agreement with that lie. And because God was with Jesus, he was able to free them of that lie. God shows up. He's worth it. He's worth the criticism. He's worth the persecution. He's worth the sacrifice. He's a father who pours down not just love, but agape love. Yes. Yeah, that all-encompassing yeah. love. So, who is God to you? Is He a God that is capable? Be- because the who God is to you, that's where you're going to find your identity. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So, yeah. are you yeah. going to say that? Oh, God's an oppressor. He can't really heal me from this. And then, guess what? You're going to be you're be crippled. Your yeah. your fire is not going to grow. You are crippled. Or are you going to say, "My God's an all-powerful, all-encompassing God." And then say, well, since my God is that, the right God, I'm Christian hit on this. We're heirs, we're sons of gods. Mm-hmm. And he also becomes our audience. So when you know you guys are playing on the stage and stuff, or in that fellowship, all this stuff is tying together, guys, and he becomes your audience. Yeah. So that's who God is. Audience of to, one. Yeah, yeah. He's the audience. So who is God to you in the midst of of fear because obviously the Israelites didn't have it. They were, they were going, what was it? Uh, Zephaniah four, uh, Zephaniah one, four through five. God's telling them, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all who live in Jerusalem. I will destroy every remnant of Baal worship in this place. That's what his goal was to destroy the false worship. So, and, and the very names of the idolatrous priests, those false prophets, those who bowed down on the roofs to worship the starry host. There's people who who worship a she god and uh, the angels. They worship the angels instead of the God who made the angels. Right. They, right. The heavenly host. And then he said he will he will he will destroy those who bow down and swear by the Lord and who also swear by Molech. Oh yeah, that guy. 
So I mean, how do you like I said last week? That's ballsy. You're gonna you're gonna sacrifice your kids, and and then they'll walk up into the house of God and sacrifice to Him. So obviously, there's no fear or trust. We've already talked about that in the last episode, but they weren't choosing the right God. And when you choose the right God, it says in that scripture in Acts ten thirty eight. Um, God gave him the Holy Spirit and power. So if you have the power, you're going to, the devil knows your potential. We've already discussed that. But there's an ancient warfare tactic that I'm going to go over tonight. I'm going to read this. Um, It's called Killed with a Borrowed Sword. It's an ancient Chinese uh, war stratagem. And it says, you know, if you're limited in your own strength, which the devil is limited in his own strength, then borrow the strength of the enemy. If you cannot neutralize an enemy, borrow an enemy's knife to do so. If you have no generals, borrow those of the enemy. So obviously our adversary is weaker than us. And there's a Chinese folktale that goes with this. And it was talking about a fox who was wandering through the woods. I'm not going to read it the whole thing because it's, it might take a little bit of time, but there was a fox wandering through the woods and he was surprised by a tiger and the tiger looked like he wanted to eat him. And it was a little bit of, he ran out of time to run away. So the fox had to think pretty quick on how to survive here. So he said to the tiger, uh, why are you not afraid of me? The tiger was like, why would I be afraid of you? I'm the king of the jungle. And the fox said, no, I'm the king of the jungle. And he said, well, if you don't believe me, I'll prove it. So the fox told the tiger to follow him and he would prove that he was the king of the jungle. So the fox would start walking through the, the jungle and all the animals would see the fox, but they would see the tiger following the fox Mm. and they would run in fear. So everywhere this, everywhere the fox went, the animals would start running away from the tiger following the fox. So the fox turned around and he said, um, you know, didn't you see all the animals run in fear? He said, they scattered it when I approached. Do you believe me now? And the tiger said, it seems I was wrong. And he sulked away into the jungle. How many Christians are we seeing sulking away into their living rooms not right now, hiding from anything the media is pushing in onto their plate? Wow, dude. Don't go to church. Come on. How, how, how are you going to get your fellowship? Right. You can get fellowship at your house all day long, but you need other believers to strengthen you and carry you during these rough times. Come on. Mm. There might be a word for you. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. You might. There's not a might there. You will get a word if you are obedient and go to church. Right. Nobody can tell you to not worship. The last person that I remember going into the Bible uh, that didn't listen to that uh, law was thrown into the lines then and he was delivered. I don't think our government would get away with that. So go to church, get the word, be around other believers, get the word that God has for you, for you from the pulpit. Pray with other believers. Amen. Receive what God has for you. Know who God is to you and know the potential that you carry because of who God is. And that's all I got from that. I I just wanted to hit on the power that we possess because we are followers of Christ, because I don't think a lot of people are are, um, remembering that right now. We're we're the we're the tiger. Yeah. Following the fox. But we're being deceived, thinking that the fox has the power. Wow. Right. Right, you are so on it, dude. Dude, that's so true. Yeah, though. it is. I mean, when you when you think about it, 
Like that's the enemy's tactics. Like when I say the enemy, I'm talking about the hordes of hell and the yeah. you know the prince of the air. I'm talking about Satan, but that's exactly what he does because he only works on borrowed authority. Exactly. Amen. With the agreement. That's well, yeah. that's the that's the thing. I mean, he yes, you know, he can only mock. He can only replicate what others have done. He has no creative power. Right. And so all he can do is take the things that you believe about yourself mm. and twist them because you as a believer are the image of God. You're supposed to take on the image of God. You're supposed to replicate replicate God. Yeah. Um in your life and and if you're not pursuing that then you see yourself as a tiger cub Mm. not as or i won't even say tiger cub let's get let's get real about it you are a lion cub you are you you have a roar but you don't believe your roar has any power you have you have uh powerful jaws you have a powerful you know pause and you don't believe that they are yeah um you were deceived only because you look at the devil who is mocking you and comes across as a as a lion himself Mm -hmm. but the little thing that he's gonna not let you know is he has no claws he has no real voice and he has no fangs he -hmm. cannot do a thing to you because every bit of power and might that he has was stripped away from him the moment that jesus was hung on that tree and died for you amen you are the lion you are the one who has the authority over that false lion sitting there lying to your face about who you are supposed to be whenever Jesus has called you a king, a prophet, a priest, and a son or daughter. We got to know our identity. Amen. And that last quote was from Sun Z, which is Sun Tzu. Um, But the actual, the actual, I've misread this, the actual text, tactic that goes along with kill with a borrowed sword is when you do not have the means to attack your enemy directly. And we are seeing this everywhere Mm. with Christians, Mm. then attacking using the strength, then attack using the strength of another trick an ally into attacking him. Wow. Bribe an official to turn traitor Mm. or use the enemy's own strength against him. So Mm. how many Christians have we heard that are, uh, flipping yeah i don't believe in god anymore yeah yeah dude Why? yeah what Hit about the that, ones man. that have stepped away what Hit about it. the? what about i mean oh man why what is your reason? yeah well, i mean you can't grasp what's going on right right because we've limited god right. down to our circumstance right right you took a huge god and shrunk him down and you him put, under, you made fit, him. You fit him under a mask. Yes, you yeah. filtered him through the lens of where you are right now, instead of seeing exactly what he is over this whole situation. Silence. Silenced the power. Yeah, they've silenced exactly the power, right. And they've they've killed with a borrowed sword. Well, you know what? Hitler tried to do that too. Yeah. I mean, we could go back into into history and see that repeated, and. There again, I'm going to go back to exactly what I said before, which is the devil is a liar and a thief, 
and he had all he can do is mock what he's seen, and he will use the scripture even against the children of God. Yeah. What was it? Romans thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the man. one, yep. uh, yeah, the yeah, one where uh, Hitler was basically. Um, I mean, this is t- man. I I need to step and tread lightly on this one. Well, let me there, clear some up for people listening because okay. there are people who are like, "Oh, you don't have any power. God has all the power." And I'm like, "Look, okay, it's not technically our power, right? Yeah. Right. The I'm power. Not, I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah. There's there's people out there because I know what I just said, and I'm sure there are people like, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about because you know the power doesn't come from you. You're right. I'm just a conduit. The power, Amen. comes from God. Amen. Amen. We have access." Amen. To it. And it says in First Chronicles 14, 11, David even said the enemies fall by my hand. But it says before that, God has broken out against my enemies. Yes. But by my hand. So right. the power, it's not, we're not trying to elevate ourselves or elevate other Christians who have who use this power. Don't be, if you're coming at us with that, it just means you're too lazy to use the power that you have access to. Yeah, agree. And I don't want to, you know offend anybody here but you have access i'm just trying to encourage you to you know tap into it so going back to what i was saying before uh the enemy will twist words and basically use scripture and twist it around and 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 just as daniel just reminded me thank you daniel um it's romans 13 it's the respect for authority section everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from god and those in positions of authority have been placed there by god i would say yes but but there's a difference the enemy was not assigned by god and the enemy will twist that word and basically use it as a tyrannical means of force against you to take you to take and make you believe a false thing so i would say who is god to you because my god says that he will cure me from all disease my god says that he has made me the head not the tail my god said that we are more than what the world says we are. We are supernatural beings living in a world that is full of natural, what am I trying to say? Natural beliefs. Mm. Okay. We are, we are sons and daughters of Christ most high. Okay. And the enemy is going to take a scripture like Romans 13 and he is going to twist it for his own means. That's why I wanted to talk about that power because and, people are twisting that right. and saying, oh, you're just and saying so, you're, you are another God almost. And right, like, right. In the world? Uh, well, I mean, come on. It says in the name. scripture that my name. Yeah. We, <laughs> have been, we have been placed a little lower, just a little. I don't know what a little means to you guys, but a little means... We aren't God, but we are just a little lower. Mm-hmm. And it says that we're in, in scripture his image. because, yeah. yes, I mean, he called us heirs. And I don't know about you, but whenever my dad calls me an heir, I am a part of him. I a am part of that dynasty. I am a part of, I am just a little lower than him. Mm. That's so good. So my thing is, is, 
really it comes down to, and, and, you know, I get a lot of flack for being the way I am. I'm very black and white. What do you believe? Well, what do you I believe? Because to me, the scripture is not gray. <laughs> yeah. There is no gray in the scripture. Well, what we have now, though, is that people, like you said, you, they use these, they use these verses, they use the books in the Bible, they use the, the scriptures, right. and they, and they, and they, and when they twist them, they're fitting them to conform to their lifestyle, right? Their you know, agenda, to, to, yeah. to, and, and what it does is this: what it does is this: is it soothes their soul for what they're doing, mm. and it makes them like, oh, okay, it's not so bad if I read it this way, right? You know mm. what I'm saying? Or just, just, just like the governing part. Okay, maybe I should stay home from church because mm. the government tells me. Mm. Oh, it says See, it right that's there. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I, I gotta that's, stay home now. Right? They're telling me I can't go back until they tell me. Bullcrap. Yeah, you know, dude. Yeah. Straight Bull up. Crap. Silence your voice. Don't sing in church. It, Stay six feet apart. Don't don't do all of this. Don't get like how many phrases were in that verse earlier? Oh, a bunch. Yeah. There were a yeah. bunch. It didn't say be quiet when. The, yeah, it never said silence. When does it say silence? It doesn't. It doesn't say silence. It says make a Ever. joyful noise. All Unless the time. Joyful noise. All the time. Yes. All the time to God. All the time to God. Not when, not when I have a virus around. I can't. I can't. No, that's when you need to be loud. That's it, yeah. that's when you. That's need to be whenever louder. you need to the be on the offensive. Loud, you need to be loud. You need to be in fellowship, my yeah, friend. Exactly. You, you can you can praise what you want on TV. You can praise. Oh, let me see that computer. I, I can praise in my living room. I'm sorry, but that is just a uh, one voice. Yeah. They can make. They can. Well, your voice can do 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 some damage. You have the power given by God, like you said, but unify those voices. Yeah. Just as like in the military, one guy goes into combat by himself, what's going to happen? It's not, not going to look good. Right. You take an army with him and he ain't, it ain't, it ain't the enemy ain't got no chance. Bro, that's the so power that's of agreement right there. That is the power of agreement. And the moment that we get in fellowship with one another and we're so real with one another and the power of agreement comes in between you, nothing can break it. Yeah, dude, Nothing. it's it's that scripture that says one can send a thousand to flight, talking about Two. the angels yes. that were sent to serve those who inherit salvation, which is us. Yep, we are those that inherited salvation. We've been adopted. We've been a we've been grafted into the kingdom. Um, through Jesus. So if one can send a thousand a flight, two can send 10,000 a Amen. flight. That's a multiple of 10. Yes. The other day we were praying before we go to work because our crew, we always pray together before we leave. We pray for protection, pray for wisdom for the day, and then any needs that are there. And we were praying the other day and I was like, it hit me. And I counted and I was like, you know what? According to the math of multiplication in this in this text right here, all of us in this room can send a million angels to flight. Amen. Amen. I was like, think about the hordes of heaven mm. going to war to, for us today. Right. You know? Right. It, it, That's just blowing uh, my mind. Jason said something funny a second ago about people looking at scripture and, you know, contorting it almost to, you know, fit their agenda. And it just made me think of when I was in the army and we would, sometimes we would get this food and we didn't know what it was and we would, <laughs> we would call it chow because yeah. we didn't know what it was. <laughs> and we would have these new soldiers come in and they'd be like, what is this? It was chicken. <laughs> you know, and they're like, no, it's not. And like, it'll help. It'll make you feel better. It's chicken. <laughs> just to say it's chicken, it'll be oh, chicken. That's how it it's be. not you feel better. <laughs> hot chicken. Okay. Like it's. <laughs> yeah. 
you can't fit something that doesn't fit to a different mold. Mm. You can't, you can't take a nine millimeter bullet and fire it out of a three oh eight five five six <laughs> rifle. Like exactly, it doesn't work that way. Right, and we have leaders who want to train you on one weapon, mm. and that's it. And when that weapon jams or that weapon goes down, and you don't have a secondary weapon, or you don't know how to operate a weapon that's accessible that is even from the enemy to use against them. We would be trained on the nine mil. We would be trained on our five, five, six rifle. We'd be trained on the 50 cal, the two, four, nine, the two forty Bravo. We would be trained on the AK 47, seven, seven, six. Yeah. So we would be, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, if worse comes to worse and you have to pick it up an AK, you can take some of the belt rounds from the two forty Bravo mm. and single shot those through yeah. the wow. AK. So we, we were prepared for bad situations. When bad situations come about, we were trained on how to handle them. Yeah. Mm. So when these people aren't trained, they go to the word and they're not interpreting it the correct way, but they're looking for the feel good instead right. of the, the solution. Right. Mm. Well, it, it also goes back before um, it goes as much saying as like when people, when this COVID started, people started using that prayer. Um, which one? First Chronicles. First Chronicles, yeah. But but like our pastor said, they just said that prayer. They didn't read above the prayer. Right. You know? Oh, yes, that's 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 true. That prayer is great. But the prayer was, um, it, it had a whole new, mean, different meaning from what people were using it for. Mm. Right. So here's my take on that, is that if you're using that verse to combat something, you better know where it comes from and what it's meaning right. and what it's uh, use is. And thank God our pastors are teaching everybody how to declare it. Exactly. Just because it. here's the thing. If you oh, use. Please, no, declare it. If you use the, the wrong scripture at the wrong time, there is no power behind that. <laughs> but I will say that just, I mean, the power is in scriptures to use at the right times. And when we when people use them in the wrong um, ways, just to fit their needs, do they actually think that anything's going to come about it? Do do our okay? Let me use this prosperity scripture that's going to help me in my finances, but not using the, that right one that 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 he meant for you to use. That was meant for something else. I mean, right. he knows he knows what he put it in there for. Yeah, he knows when you should use it, and if you're knowledgeable and you get under the right right pastoral people and leadership There's always more you'll know to where to use scripture. them you'll know where to use them so it's i mean it's just like throwing um you know what's that that being bad gun at somebody to try to stop them yeah you you might hold them off oh, you yeah. ain't you ain't, uh, in, you ain't bro, in i'm gonna go ahead and tell yeah. you you shoot me with that i'm down <laughs> okay but uh well, it's, now I'm glad you said that though, because a lot of people don't understand uh, guns and ammunition. So I, sp I just spit out a lot of numbers and I just spit out a lot of gun lingo. So yeah, I was kind of another those thing. <laughs> another thing that they would teach us in fighting the enemy, they would teach us if worse came to worse, uh, they would even train us on how to fight with knives. They would even teach us how to fight with rocks. Yeah, Combatives. pick up pick up whatever is closest to you. Yep. A brick, a rock, anything, a uh, piece of wood. Uh, they would teach us hand-to-hand -hand combat, 
on how to restrain someone without hurting. Cause there might be times where you need to, you know, save a person that doesn't want to be saved and you, you don't want to hurt them. Um, cause they don't understand sometimes that so we would, we would do us like a rescue mission or something and have to, you know, get this person and they don't understand what's going on. They just know they're getting snatched up. So they're trying to fight you, but you don't want to hurt them cause they're a friendly. Right. Um, but training is key. And I'm gonna go ahead and hit on this. I was, I was, it just came back to me from Sunday. I wanted so bad to like text one of our pastors right in the middle of the service, but <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to end well. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. Training is so key. And we've been over and over it on, on uh, how to declare and how to, you know, really utilize the scriptures because I mean, obviously Jesus in the wilderness responded to each attack from the devil or each temptation from the devil with that specific scripture that applied right. to that attack. Yes. So um, there was a bad training technique back in, it was police and uh, the army. I don't know about the other branches, but I know it was in the army and I know it was in a lot of police stations. They would go through their training exercises and, you know, good guys versus bad guys. And you'd try to shoot each other with a paintball gun or, you know, just with the lasers or whatever. And if you got hit, Oh, you're dead. Mm. Gotcha. Well, where'd I get hit? Yeah. Uh, the leg, uh, your, your finger got shot off. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You're out. You're dead. Okay. Well, you know, how many people would get hit in this situation in a real life situation and they were trained to be dead and they would bleed out because they wouldn't give themselves first aid or they wouldn't be able to stop the assailant that's trying to hurt other people because they're out of the fight. Right. So this was finally caught on and Dave Grossman picks up on this. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing author. Uh, we're going to go over some of his books in Patreon, but, um, what a great military mind. Uh, you know, these people get now, now training consists of, Hey, you're hit. What do you do next? And they would let you think about it. They would try to let you come up with the, you know, what happens next. And it would be, Oh, I need to give myself a tourniquet here, you know, above the wound, or I need to, um, use gauze or I need to ignore it because it's not that bad and make sure, I get back in the fight, you know, return fire or help a buddy with some buddy aid because he's hurt worse than I am and I can still function. So we would have these guys and it is amazing. I think uh, on Jocko's podcast, he just interviewed that guy who was shot 27 times. Oh my gosh. And he survived and he won the fight. Well, that is, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, amazing. I haven't got to listen to that one yet. Oh, it's it's amazing. And we need to have that mindset. And it's a disciplined mindset because in that, when you were disciplined, you were conditioned that way through training. And training just isn't a one and done. Oh, I went to that class. Give me a check in the right. box. It's a disciplined lifestyle. You have to continue training that way. So when worse comes to worse, you know exactly what to do because you've practiced it. Well, it's funny you say that. Let, let me interject just real quick. I see a parallel. And that is, uh, we're talking about, we were talking earlier about the people who have stepped away right. or have been misguided. To me, that's a perfect illustration 
um, someone who is seasoned and who knows who God is and who God has made them to be and is diving in and getting closer to God and, and saying, God, I trust you. I trust in your ways. Like that is the warrior mom, your warrior dad, your warrior, you're raising warrior kids. Like, come on now, teach your kids how to be a field medic. Teach your kid how to get up after there is a tragedy or 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 even a misstep or or whenever their friend tells them they're not good enough or whenever a classmate says that you didn't read that like in the proper like, you know, uh, context, not not context, but like. With you know how you stammer and you like the proper oh, like okay. like cadence to your voice yeah. like you're oh hey, hey, hey. you know kids can be cruel sometimes and, yeah absolutely you know, and so teach them how to lift themselves up and how to just fight on because the battle is not going to be won with a perfect record. I no. hate to tell you, no. the battle That's will so never good. be won with a perfect record. You're going to take hits. You're going to take casualties. It is a bloody mess. Combat is messy. Yes. And you are going to, you may be hurt. You may be sore. You may lose some things that really meant a lot to you in the process. But the war is worth fighting because the war is not just for your soul, but for the soul of those around you. Mm. We had one guy that... um he was hit with a mortar uh, in a bunker and he took the brunt of it. That was like 14 or 15 guys hurt. Mm. And one died. He was at the entrance. Amazing, amazing leader. But there was a young kid. He was 19. I'm not going to, I try not to mention any names just for the family's privacy, but he lost his leg over there. And I don't know the full story, but I know when he got home, there was something, some complication. I don't know if it was with maybe his back or his hips or the way mm. There was going to be some trouble. Right. And they cut off his other leg. 19 or 20 at this point. He lost both his legs. Dude's walking around now. He's doing so much. He's you know got a family. He's doing so many things. He stayed in the fight one, and then he excelled even after he lost his second leg. He just right. kept wow. going. He didn't lock himself in his house. Come on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, look. On the way here, me and Bob were riding. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So we got these guys. We got all these kids playing on this basketball court. Right? Oh, yeah. Come on. Okay. There was like at least 35 to 40 kids playing basketball. At least. Good for them. Good for getting yeah. out, staying active, getting their exercise, re- retaining that relationship with their friends. I don't know what they were doing other than playing basketball. They were just playing basketball. But as soon as we passed, as soon <laughs> I knew where you were going with as it. As soon as we passed the basketball court, I look over and, and there was, and I remember, <laughs> I cannot understand. I'm waiting for this right now. <laughs> All right. We, I look over in, I look over inside this car and this man, this mighty man. Oh no, I know where this is going. Was wearing a mask <laughs> inside the vehicle by himself. Come on now! And not only did he have a mask, there was the red, white, and blue on that mask. Oh, yeah, no. how patriotic! It was a patriotic <laughs> mask. How would our founders? Come on, those men, those mighty men that 
You know, one they, of our independents think of this mighty man in his vehicle and his mask wearing the stars and stripes. Can I? Can I just say something? Can I just say something? Waving, quick? come on, waving. Now. Stars and stripes. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, let me say something real quick. Um, I, made, I made eye contact with him. It was weird. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. So it's funny. Uh, you know, we make a lot of fun about it, but the part that kind of um, it grieves my spirit a little bit, like how are we going to get back to a place where we ultimately put true faith back in God mm-hmm. and 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 yet we can't even spend 5 minutes in a car ride alone with a mask on and like it hurts me because that is just an outward expression of how the world views God like he, I mean, he says in his words multiple times, you know, that he, by his stripes, you were healed. I mean, come on now. Like he will take the disease. All of these things are in scripture, but yet for some reason, people have a hard time believing it. They'll put more faith in a mask. Remember when we were kids and it was like, you were so scared to let your buddies know. That you were scared. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not scared. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll jump. Yeah. Yeah. Or or I'll touch it. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something like a snake. I'll touch the snake. I'll pick it up. I'm not scared, you know, or I'll jump off the deep end. Yeah. Today it's like, I'm scared. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like signaling that it's it's cool to be scared. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's needing saved. All right, come on now. I all right, all right. I gotta get off Am that I one. Crazy? All right, they, like they. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, without going too deep into that one, but they're asking to be saved because, from yeah. things that challenge them. The false oh, God. Yeah. They aren't turning to exactly the right, and God. that's the part that is so scary. You can't even critically think for yourself. You have to be told. You can't. How dare you, Bob? Like I. <laughs> No, it's what they all want us I to know. do because, I know. It, you know, they How dare want you it. think for yourself. I know, right? But I mean, come on. That- they're, they're asking to be saved by the same things that are influencing it. Yeah, that's How exactly How can you right. ask to be saved by the Absolutely. same things that are influencing the problem? Yeah. Yeah. God didn't send a virus. No. So that's where we need to go to get rid of it. Exactly. So don't go to a government, and I'm not saying the government sent it, but the government used it. So now you're using the government, which is a pawn in it, of the enemy. Right. To 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 use against its I mean it's it's like using it against itself. Weaponized fear. And then it goes back on what you said about or, or, you know, we're, we're nowadays it's almost cool to be scared. Yeah. All right. We as men, sometimes we we get hindered in letting our feelings show. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I agree with we, that. We, we do. But now they've twisted the part where where you can come out and speak and in, in, in your problems. Say, for instance, suicide. 
Mm. A lot of suicides can be prevented, could have been prevented. Absolutely. If someone could have just spoke up. But a lot of men didn't because they they don't want to seem that soft. That, they that, don't want to ask for emotions. help. They don't want to ask for help. Yeah. But now, now they twisted it and you 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 should ask for help. You should open up. But they've taken it too far. You know, they've taken yeah. it too far to the extent of now everything you need help with. You need now to, you have to be dependent. You have now, to be yeah, dependent. Now everything is 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 a cry is a cry for help. You know, oh, you just said that to me wrong. Oh, you looked at me wrong. Oh, you did this to me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now let me cry about it. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be one of those insensitive jerks that says, you know, wants to make fun of you know, people and call them snowflakes, stuff like that. I don't, I want no part in that. Like, I, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do Ty's it. face is otherwise. I know. I get it. <laughs> I get it. And it's like a one. Look, and I could get on a soapbox I'm not, about this. I'm not going to call anybody a snowflake. Right. But in a world full of snowflakes, we need to be fire. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Fuego. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll, I, I think I'm about done because I could, I because we may I, want to wind it down because yeah, we could probably. Go a I mean, I could hours. go for hours, dude. <laughs> uh, like, but I, I want to say this. Um, I came from a generation that was trying to heal a lot of division. Okay, um, and love it or hate it. Um, the generation I was a part of was trying to forge a path ahead where we weren't necessarily judging each other for all the things. I mean, if, if you think in popular culture in the nineties uh, and maybe it was just the, the part that I was a part of, I don't know, but uh, you know, uh, roads were being paved in the racial divide, in the divide between like the understandings of people. I would even say in the nineties, like going back and thinking about it, like there were, there were movements of God in the nineties that were big. I mean, Jesus culture, I mean, all of that. I mean, you know, so Brownsville, yes, the Brownsville revival, like it, like things were happening. And I think what it's going to take is is a group of men and women who are strong enough and confident enough and who God has called them to be to basically take a stand, link up arm in arm, and say enough is enough. And uh, the only thing, you don't need more like people on a corner with bullhorns. You don't need to be shouted at. You don't need to be so offended that it makes you critically think through a thought paradigm. You know, you don't need this. What you do need is to see the love of Jesus exercised by people who will boldly stand up, draw a line in the sand and say enough is enough. Enemy, you can't have this generation this is a generation that is worth saving and all authority has been given to us by our father in heaven. And you do not have a leg to stand on. I think that was what, um, was it? I think it was our pastor. 
Yeah. Or it might've been a speaker who's saying that a lot of people are looking for, looking to politics for their you know solutions. And right. We, yeah. we need to stop taking spiritual problems yep. and looking for political solutions. Exactly. And to, to prove the whole point Jason was trying to make from the beginning of part one of this, I found this in my study Bible, uh, that week uh, at the very end of the old Testament, I was about, I was about to start on Matthew in the new Testament. And I was just going through the notes cause it's a study Bible. And there's always some little insight in there that I always enjoy reading. And I was like, Hey, this is, this is like straight for Jason's topic because it covers everything we've talked about, about mm. uh, fear. And it says in the experience of the old Testament, men of faith, their God inspired. See, and it says their God, Right. Because they chose the right God. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, and uh, their God inspires reverence, but never slavish fear. Mm. Oh, there you mm. go. They exhaust, they exhaust the resources of language to express their love and adoration in view of his loving kindness and tender mm. mercy. This adoring love of his saints and the triumphant answer is the triumphant answer to those who pretend to find the Old Testament revelation of God cruel and repellent. Wow. It is in harmony, not contrast, with the New Testament revelation of God in Christ. And I was like, that, bro, that beautiful, straight out of the topic that you yep. brought on the table. Anybody got the bows? We need to tie it up. Yeah. Like, seriously, that, 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 was, that I, I was... I thought that was a good ending spot because yeah. it totally blows out the argument that God's cruel and mean. No, he's not. I'm going to uh, pray us on out of here. And so, Father God, I pray right now that the word that we had today, that we came together in is this fellowship of, of us, Charlie, Mike, Lord. I pray that it reaches the people that it's supposed to reach. I pray that they get what they what you have instilled in us to to release, Lord. We believe that this came from you. All of the information that we get, all the words that we get come from you, Lord. We are guided in reading scripture, Lord. We are we are guided in your word. We are, we we present this in a way that you that you speak through us, Lord. And we pray right now that it reaches millions, where it reaches and sets fires inside of people, Lord, to know who you are, that you are God, that you are that, that we should fear you, but Lord, but fear you for the loving God that who you are, Lord, the God that <clears throat> gives us content and peace in our heart. If we just do what you ask and follow your word, it's as simple as that. And we pray right now that anybody that's listening and has any other ideas about this, that they understand how much your love is. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.